So some of you uh, may know and remember that I was a uh, philosophy major in college. And one of the things that we liked to talk about uh, in my philosophy classes were questions about knowledge. Questions like, what can we know? Or how can we know things? Or what does it mean to know? Or even, what is knowledge? Now, some philosophers were, were skeptical about our capacity to know anything. Others felt like we could know things about eternal truths, but, but less about the physical world, since our, our senses deceive us and the world is constantly changing. And still others, uh, especially in the modern era, uh, tended to believe that uh, we could agree about the truths of science, and that was knowledge that was capable for us, empirical truths, but we couldn't know much about ethics, and we couldn't know much about God. Now, you might feel like these aren't really important questions, and probably at the end of the day, you might be right. Um, Rene Descartes uh, might have been able to sit around his study and doubt the existence of almost everything, right? I think, therefore, I am. He couldn't doubt that, but everything else was up for grabs. But he still got up to stoke the fire when he was cold, and he still got up to have a bite to eat when he was hungry. And yet, I would argue that questions like what we can know and how we can know matter. Because our answers to these questions will affect the way we live and they will affect the choices that we make. So for instance, what can we know about God? Or how can we know God? These are questions that matter to the type of life that we will live. And it is, I think, these sorts of questions that live at the center of today's gospel lesson. Now, on the surface, that might sound odd to you. We are still in the Easter season, and our scriptural lessons are, are still asking on us, st still asking of us to reflect on the, the significance of the resurrection and the, and the mystery of Easter. But our gospel lesson sets us at the night of the, the Last Supper, the night before Jesus is going to die. Jesus is, is gathered with his disciples. He has just washed their feet, and Judas has, has already left to betray Jesus to the authorities. Now, the disciples know that things are coming to a head and that things are building to a climax, but they don't know how things are going to go down or what is exactly going to happen. With good cause, they fear, they fear that things are about to fall apart. There is so much uncertainty. There is so much that they simply don't know. It's fair to say that their hearts are troubled. It is into this space of uncertainty and anxiety that Jesus begins to offer some words of comfort. 
or at least Jesus seems to, to think of them as words of comfort. It doesn't seem to me like the disciples think that Jesus is being all that helpful here. Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled, which is a wonderful thing to say, but is, is one of those things that is a lot easier to say than to do. It'd be kind of like me saying, don't worry about it in our, in our current political climate. You can try not to worry about it, but at the end of the day, you're probably going to worry because you've got a cause to worry, right? Which I think Jesus understands because with his disciples, he tries to, to offer some reason why their hearts shouldn't be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me, Jesus says. The word believe, it's, it's, it's such a funny word with multiple meanings. But here, I think the belief that is asked for is not just to accept certain ideas about God or about Jesus, but, but more so a trusting in God and a trusting in Jesus. And Jesus elaborates to talk about how ultimately there is a space and a place for each of them that Jesus goes ahead of them to make. And yet the disciples are not so sure, are they? They push back. We don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way, says Thomas. And then Philip chimes in too, show us God and then we'll be satisfied. As if to say, give us at least that, Jesus. Though these questions sound different, they are in some sense the same. Reveal God to us, they both are asking, so that we can make sense of this uncertainty and this trouble in which we find ourselves. In the midst of this crisis, the disciples long to know God, and in the midst of their suffering and their disquiet, in the midst of their troubled hearts, they long to make sense of their lives in light of the, that knowledge of God. In answer to the, to the grasping of the disciples, Jesus offers himself. And he offers different ways of understanding his relationship with God. Jesus offers himself as the way and the truth and the life. Jesus offers himself as the key to, to knowing God. He says that I am in God and God is in me. And he says to see him is to see God. All of this is, is so critical, and the, and the Christian commitment is, is that if one wants to know God, then the best thing that one can do is to turn and look at Jesus. The Christian commitment is that, that Jesus is, is God's ultimate self-revelation, that God is Christ-like through and through, that Jesus is the, the reflection of in a human embodied life of the being and heart of God. 
Now, oftentimes, Christians have used this, this talk of a, of a way and a truth and, and the life as a, as a club to, to clobber non-Christians with. But I think we have to see how this move tears the passage from its context. These are words of comfort, not words that are meant to exclude Moreover, what is revealed in the life of Jesus is is the self-giving love of God, not not a way of exclusion. This self-giving love is the way and the truth and the life that the disciples are called to follow. It is why Jesus says that if you can't believe in him, at least believe in the works themselves. Trust that God is revealed in acts of healing and forgiveness and reconciliation and peacemaking and love. That God is at work in those things. That God is revealed in those things. That God is known in those things. Trust that God is revealed when we care for one another, when we reach out to one another across boundary lines of division, when we when we seek and serve Christ in the other and the stranger and even in the enemy, as Stephen does in today's lesson from the book of Acts. And a community, a community of people that can live in this way will indeed do greater works than the works that Jesus has done because the impact will be greater and more lives will be touched It'll be an extension of his life and his ministry and his way of love. How do we know God? This is a question that matters to the life that we will live and the hopes that we will allow ourselves. The Christian answer is that God is known in all sorts of ways, but primarily known in our encounter with the risen Christ. God is known in our worship, in our engagement with Scripture, and in the sacraments and the Eucharistic feast. God is known in in loving relationship with friend and stranger and enemy alike. Ultimately, we know God in relationship that manifests itself as following Jesus. It is a a knowledge, sometimes a hard-won knowledge. It comes from being open to a new path and a new life that Jesus makes available to us. I recently um, saw a quote from the the pastor and author Eugene Peterson that that I quite liked. He writes, one way of defining spirituality is getting so fed up with yourself that you go on to something better. (laughs) Something better, which is following Jesus. This question of, of knowing God is really about entering into a relationship with God, of occupying the the space that Jesus makes for us. 
If we come to to know God as God is revealed in, in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, then our lives will change as we grow in the relationship this knowledge makes possible. Now, this change will not mean that all of a sudden everything will instantly change for the better. We'll still be left with all of our foibles. But in time, we will discover that our hearts are not so disquiet. In time, we will discover some peace in the midst of the chaos of life. In time, we will discover that a space has indeed been made for us because Jesus has gone before us to make that space. And we will find hope, hope in the abiding faithfulness of God. And we will discover, as we come to know Jesus, we will come to find that love, that love itself is at the center of everything. Amen.